Amen. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, worship team. Let's give it up for these guys. Thank you all for leading us. So good. So rich. So powerful. Thank you guys so much. All right. Good morning, church. How you doing? Thankful for Jesus? I asked you that when you walked in. You're even more thankful for Jesus after that worship time. So good. All right, well, if I haven't met you, my name is Mitchell. I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch, and so glad you guys are here. So thanks for coming and being here. Um, this is a reminder, if you uh, walked in before the announcement, we've got some guests here from College Station, Texas. Let's give it up for those guys one more time. Come on. Thanks, guys, for being here. And hey, you know, I um, just want us to acknowledge for a second how amazing it is that we would have such amazing friends that would give up their spring break and come here to Northwest Arkansas to serve us, to pray for folks, to do outreach, literally to give up a lot of things they could have done to come here. It is an absolute gift. And so we are so, so thankful. Folks from College Station, a lot of them are up there in the balcony up there, okay? And there's a few scattered around here. But we just want to say thank you for just sacrificing. Thank you for believing that God is worth your spring break. And thank you for believing in what God's doing here in Arkansas. This is amazing. So thank you, guys. In fact, what we want to do, we want to pray for you guys real quick. And just what they're going to do, church, is this week they're going to spend a lot of time on U of A's campus, doing a lot of outreach there and trying to connect with some college students and be a blessing on campus and pray for folks. And so if you are a college student, you might see some of them walking around. But we want to pray God's favor and God's blessing over them. And one specific prayer that we are praying is that the Lord would lead them to the hungry. We believe sovereignly God has already been preparing hearts, and we want these college students to go find those that God's been preparing. And that those that are hungry for Jesus, hungry for community, know they need something more than what this life offers and to be invited into family. So if you are from uh, College Station, you came for this week, can you just stand on your feet real quick? We're going to clap for you one more time, then we're going to pray for you. Go ahead. Stand on up. Great. <laughs> awesome. Okay, y'all stay standing. If you're next to one of those people, you can just put a hand on their shoulder real quick. We're going to play God's favor and blessing over them. Or all of you can just extend your hand to the balcony, you know, just praying the power of God would fall. But be careful. Be careful up there. Lord, we just thank you. God, just pray right now all, all in one voice. Lord, we thank you for these incredible college students that give up so much to come here. Lord, we pray your favor and your blessing over them. God, would you anoint them for the work at hand this week? Would you speak through them? Lord, would you lead them to hungry people? And would, Lord, you do amazing things in their hearts as they have given up this spring break. God, would you do amazing things in their hearts. Have your way this week. Be glorified and draw many people to yourself. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. Thank you guys again for being here. So amazing. So amazing. I'm, I'm, I love that we get to use the balcony for the first time here in a service. This is, this is a picture of what's to come, okay? Now listen, if you ever read the book of Acts, chapter 20, there's this crazy story of a guy named Eutychus who was listening to Paul preach for hours, and he was like on the top level, and he fell asleep, and he fell down, and he died. But the Lord raised him back to life, so don't worry, it's a good ending, but just stay awake. I'd rather not have to practice that amount of faith. Anyways, just, it's Acts chapter 20. I'm serious. It's in the Bible. It's hilarious. All right, a couple quick announcements is uh, if you're a guest, uh, like I already mentioned, we'd love, I'd love to meet you, but fill out this Connect card. It's in the seat back right in front of you. So if you're first time checking out Antioch or you're not really connected to a life group yet, fill this out and bring it to the Connect booth that's right out there, out there in the foyer after the service. We also have a gift for you we'd like to bless you with. A couple other random announcements, then we'll get into the message. Um, one, 
Larry already mentioned these two, but we are doing a college worship night this Wednesday night at 7.30 right here. So invite any college friends that you know. Uh, there's a graphic there. We, we also have an electronic version. You can spread it on social media and stuff, but that's going to be a powerful night. And what we're hoping that is is a gathering of believers from different denominations, different churches, different ministries that want to see God move um, on college campuses in northwest Arkansas, U of A, JBU, and want to see a move of God amongst college students. So we're going to worship, and then we're going to do some prayer. It's going to be a powerful night. Uh, also, EMP is happening, but beyond just EMP, so we mentioned that earlier, but every Tuesday in the month of March, because there's so much outreach going on, we want to prepare the way in the spirit by doing a lot of prayer. And uh, we've been doing EMPs every Tuesday morning in March. We're going to do it again uh, this Tuesday. Hey, even college stage people, you guys can come. It's only like a 15-minute jog from your hotel to here, and then you can jog right back and be ready for the first session, all right? Just ask Kevin first, but he says yes. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> So anyways, we just believe in the power of prayer that God answers, and, um, and so we want to be a church that takes that seriously and prays. But also beyond EMP, we also have our prayer room that, again, is open uh, Monday through Thursday, 10.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., so come spend some time in the prayer room as well. And then last thing I want to announce, then we're going to pray um, for uh, what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, uh, but... So some of you guys know this, some of you guys don't, but there is kind of an arm of the Antioch uh, movement called Acts of Mercy, and what they do, it's like disaster relief ministry, and when there's things going on around the world that are really difficult and really hard, we want to be a people that don't run away or get scared from those things, but we run to the battle. We, we go to the hard places because we know that when the enemy is flaring, what it also means is God is on the move. Like, I believe right now, beyond what you might see on the news, that there are people turning to the Lord in Ukraine and Russia. They are, the, the, the church is fervently praying. I bet you the power and the presence of God is real thick right now in the church in those regions. What we see is scary stuff and discouraging stuff. But, man, when we connect and look up to what God's doing, he's doing amazing things. And a little phrase that we have thrown around over the years that, is, that matters to us is whenever things like that happen or whenever we think about how can I participate, there's three things. We pray, we give, and we go. Say pray, give, go. And so really simply, there's a website you can go to. You literally can take a picture of this right now if you want to. If you want to stay more up to date with things happening on the ground with the connections that we have there and you want to pray specific prayers, then there's a way to uh, sign up for text alerts. If you want to give, go to that website. There's plenty of ways that we are providing food and water for those that are in need right now if you want to give financially. And if you want to go, then I want you to go to that website as well. We are sending medical teams out there, the Anarch Movement is, and we are providing aid and providing help to those that are in need. So if you're interested in doing any of those things, go to the website, find out more information. But let's take a second right now, just 30 seconds, and let's pray for God's spirit to be poured out in the midst of chaos. Let's pray that his spirit would move, that people be drawn to himself. All right, so go ahead and turn to just somebody next to you, somebody you came with. We're praying church, all right, guys? So if this is uncomfortable for you, that's all right. Uh, just we're learning how to pray together. So turn to somebody next to you, a group of two or three. Introduce yourself if you don't know each other. But let's take a second. Let's pray for just the mercy of God to be poured out over what's going on in Ukraine. Go ahead and start praying as soon as you're in your group. Go ahead and start praying.
Lord, we thank you that you have all authority in heaven and on earth. And Lord, we just know that you, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of struggle, you are there. You are present. You are near. And so, Father, we pray comfort over your people in Ukraine and Russia right now in Jesus' name. God, we ask you to push back darkness in Jesus' name, and every scheme of the enemy would be thwarted. And I pray that your plans and your purposes would prevail, that you would use this evil, turn it around for good, and draw people to yourself, God. Pray for practical needs to be met. We pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done in Ukraine, in Russia, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for praying, guys. Your prayers matter, and they make a huge difference. So thank you guys for praying. All right, I moved up here on the stage because we are are, um, about to uh, get into our message here, but um, we have a theme verse for our new series we're about to do. Uh, But what I decided is I'm going to invite some of our kids in our kids' ministry to come read that verse to us. And so this morning we had the treat of getting to hear from Emerson Paul. Go ahead. Come on up here, Emerson. Come join me. Come on. You can jump right on that thing and then come right over here. Great. Okay, she's going to read our verse. I'm going to let you take it from here. You can put that right there. There we go. You ready? You want me to hold it for you? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1, 7. All right. Great job. So proud of you. You can head back to your dad. Thank you. Woo! Isn't that so great? So powerful when children read the word of God. So beautiful. Amen. Let's put that up there one more time. And y'all, let's say it together. Ready? Say, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Woo! That good news anybody yet? So what we're doing over these next three weeks, we're kicking off a series uh, titled, I Do Not Have a Spirit of Fear. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, I do not have a spirit of fear. All right, look at somebody else and say, you do not have a spirit of fear. Look at somebody else. It feels good just saying it, doesn't it? Come on. So we are going to be getting breakthrough and freedom from a spirit of fear over these next several weeks as we go into this. And I want you to be asking yourself this question, what would your life look like if you were no longer hindered by fear? Like what would be different? What might you do? What steps might you take? What risks might you take? How would it affect your peace level if you were no longer influenced or hindered by a spirit of fear? And why are we talking about this? I don't think it's a surprise to anybody, but there has been an onslaught and an attack of fear over this generation in the last several years. It is coming at us in every single direction, in every way. Just think about lately, things in our culture, fear of the economy failing, fear of our government falling apart, fear of war, fear of the unknown and unexpected, fear of getting COVID or the negative side effects of COVID. Fear of the vaccine or the negative side effects of vaccine or anywhere that you fall in that spectrum. I've heard all the conversations. They're all, I'm, I'm done. But anyways, <laughs> there's, a, there's a group of professors at Chapman University that wrote this book. They do studies on fear every year, and they titled this book, Fear Itself, The Causes and Consequences of Fear in America. And here's the summary of their book. It says this, Americans live in a culture of fear. While fear is typically discussed in emotional or poetic terms as the opposite of courage, 
or as an obstacle to be overcome, it nevertheless has very real consequences in everyday life. Persistent fear negatively affects individuals' decision-making abilities and causes anxiety, depression, and poor physical health. Further, fear harms communities and society by corroding social trust and civic engagement. They've studied lots of people the last several years and looked at the side effects of fear, and there are some real consequences that our culture has been experiencing. If you literally just look at the news or you look at the latest blast on social media, what's driving a lot of that is fear. Fear, fear, fear. What if this? What if that? Of this ha- if this happens and this happens, if this person's elected, then this will happen. This is fear. Fear is driving the conversations of our day. And as I have thought about the increase of fear of the last several years, it reminds me of this passage in Luke 21 that we're about to look at. And what's so interesting about this is, as, as I was preparing this week, literally two years ago, two years and one day, so March 12th of 2020, the last time I was with a big, large group from College Station, it was the night that some of you remember if you were there, where you were getting alerts and emails from all your universities that school is canceled because COVID was on the rise. That following Sunday, March 15th, is like when COVID hit. You know that phrase, COVID hit? All of you, we started saying that in the last two years, COVID hit. So <laughs> what, what does that even mean? Anyways, so COVID hit, and where a lot of things shut down. And I remember reading this verse that, that night because Jesus spoke about things that are happening today. And we should find great comfort in that because the Lord Jesus is not surprised by anything that's going on in our culture, though it might feel new and different for us and cause fear. But look what he says in Luke chapter 21. I'm going to read a couple verses here. In context, Jesus is prophesying about the generation of his return. Meaning he's talking about, here's some of the things that are going to be escalating as it gets closer and closer to me coming back. Here's what he said. Luke 21, I'll be on the screen. He says, and there will be signs and sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. And look at this, verse 26, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now, here's what's been happening lately. I'm going to read the rest of that in just a second. The world has been shaken lately. There's uh, things that we put our hope in, things we put our trust in that have been shaken lately. Whether it be our health or the economy or our government, things have been shaken lately. Now, I'd like to get up here and just inspire you and say, guys, the world is just going to get so much better. It's just going to be all peaceful. There's going to be more and more comfort the older you get. More and more peace the older you get. More and more ease the more children you have. Okay, that's not true, unfortunately. Now, there's some things that might feel like they're getting better. Okay, I am thankful that we feel like one of the last waves of COVID has come and gone. I am thankful that there's not as many mandates and restrictions, and that's better in a sense. But I can't get up here and promise you that the world is just going to be so amazing and peaceful one day. Because if I were to say that, I would be in complete disagreement with the prophecies of Jesus. He said the world is going to look pretty chaotic the more and the longer it rejects me as king. Now there is a day coming when it will be very peaceful. When righteousness will rule and reign. Where there will be peace on earth. There is coming a day. Let's look at what he says next. 
In verse 27, it says, And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. What is Jesus doing? He's pointing us not to necessarily the world getting better and looking laterally. What he's telling us is if you don't want to be overcome by fear, you're going to need to learn to look up (laughs) and trust in my faithfulness and trust in my promises. Because what he's saying is the world may not get better, but you know what we don't have to do as people of God? We don't have to cave to fear. He says this specific phrase. He says, straighten up. Everybody say, straighten up. Go ahead and just straighten up right now if you're kind of hunched over. (laughs) It's biblical. I just think of, you know, we we hang ourselves kind of low when we're feeling depressed or feeling anxious or feeling fearful. The Lord says, straighten up. He also says this phrase, raise your heads. Raise your heads. And I just think of, you know, when, when we're, when you're on your phone, your head is not raised. <laughs> when, you're, when you're just engrossing your eyes and your mind and your heart and just all the horrible things happening in the world and you're staring at the latest news thing, your head is not raised. If you're just looking at even the pain of your brothers just trying to be faithful to care for others and you're listening to their pain, that's also obviously amazing, but it's still us looking like this. What, it, what I think he wants to teach his people is if we want to overcome fear, if we don't want to be weighed down by what's happening in our generation, we need to learn to look up. Look up. It doesn't mean we're ignoring what's going on in the world. It just means we're not hoping in it. We're looking up. This is where our hope comes from. This is where breakthrough comes. There is promises and prophecies that will be fulfilled because Jesus is not a liar. He will come again, and he will restore the earth, and he will rid the world of unrighteousness and injustice. He will wipe every tear away, but our hope is in him. Now, we can't obey him. We can serve him. We can make disciples, and there can be change that we see in little glimpses of hope. Amen? But ultimately, it will not be fulfilled until he comes. And he wants to teach us to look up and raise our head because he's coming. He's faithful. And in the midst of chaos and brokenness, he is still working. And we do not have to be influenced by and overcome by a spirit of fear. So through this series, our hope is that we get breakthrough. We get breakthrough from fear. We also want to give you practical tools and help and how do we overcome fear in our daily life and give you some solid truths that we can chew on, that we can know, that we can remember, and we can declare so that we live in victory over fear. Anybody in this room want to live in more victory over fear in your life? Come on. Anybody besides me? Let's go. All right, let's pray right now. We're going to ask the Lord to do it, and then we'll jump into more of the meat of this message. So, Lord, thank you that you're here in this room right now, and you said it real clearly that we do not have a spirit of fear. And Lord, I just ask right now over myself and everybody here, from the youngest to the, to the oldest, Lord, would you just release us from any negative influence from the spirit of fear? God, we just thank you that we don't have to be controlled by anything that's not from you. <laughs> and so, Lord, I pray for breakthrough today. I pray that you'd open up our hearts to receive today. And Lord, we thank you that we're going to walk out of here with more courage, with more faith, with more boldness in our spirit than when we came in. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, let me, let me give you a little overview on fear and look at a couple of fun things too. But here's a couple definitions, working definitions of fear, just to make sure we're on the same page, okay? 
So here's a couple definitions. It says an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. Another definition could be a feeling of anxiety concerning the outcome of something or the safety and well-being of someone. Now, as you look at those definitions, in a sense, some of our fears start in good places because we care about our loved ones, we care about safety, but what the enemy does with even those good starting places, he begins to twist those and we begin to be overcome and gripped by fear of what if that will happen and what if that, that will happen. Now, this topic of fear can be, in a sense, pretty heavy, and it is pretty serious, but I wanted to just give you a quick little uh, quiz just to lighten the mood a little bit. I'm going to give you some uh, legitimate fears that these, I'm going to give you the scientific name of some fears that I discovered this week, and you're going to try to guess what they are, all right? So here's the first one. Look at the screen. First one is arithmophobia. Anybody know what arithmophobia is? The fear of math. You got it. Someone's like, I got that fear. <laughs> All right. Next one is <laughs> chirophobia. Not the fear of chiropractors. Any other guesses? The fear of hands. Interesting. All right, one more, one more. Go ahead and try to pronounce this one. All right, here's the pr pronunciation. Ready? I, I, I really practiced this multiple times. Araki beauty rophobia. Araki beauty rophobia. You'll sound like that guy that I listened to. Araki beauty rophobia. Ready? This is hilarious. The fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Man, if that's you, just, just come on up here. I'm just going to pray for you. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Isn't that funny? That's hilarious. But honestly, if that is you, I, I'm so sorry. I will pray for you, but out of compassion, not trying to embarrass you. All right, so those are some silly fears, but really, I, I want to just share, just list a couple of like real fears, because that, that stuff that I just showed you is not necessarily what I'm talking about. Of course, if you're wrestling with some of that stuff, then, hey, we want to pray for you, or some sort of phobia. We want to pray for you, of course, but here's what I'm actually talking about. The fear of rejection. People rejecting you. The fear of failure. Like, what if you mess up? You try something, you try to be brave, but you fail. The fear of death, or the fear of death of a loved one. That's serious. The fear of being misunderstood. The fear of being uncovered and exposed and someone knowing the real you. Or commonly called FOMO, fear of missing out. These are the real fears that, you act, that we all tend to struggle with. But you know what's so interesting? I'm going to give you some points on fear as I studied this this week. You know what the number one most repeated command in Scripture is? Do not be afraid or do not fear. It's the most repeated command in the Word of God. Wow. <laughs> Why? Because we get scared sometimes. And because fear is real. I also believe it's because it's one of the number one tactics of the enemy to try to stop us from doing things that are actually honoring to God and actually advance His kingdom. But you know what's so cool? This command of do not be afraid or do not fear is almost always followed by who God is and what He will do. Look at these. Look at these examples. 
This is ex- uh, Exodus, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Luke. Look at this. He says, do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance of the Lord. Do not be afraid. The Lord God himself, he will fight for you. He says, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. And Luke, do not be afraid, little flock. Everybody say little flock. <laughs> We're his little flock. We feel weak sometimes. We feel little sometimes. But our Father is pleased with us, pleased to give us the things of his kingdom. Isn't that great? Fear can be overcome not because we're going to will it out of our own self, but it's because of the God we serve. We fear because we're worried what might happen in a sense, whether we would put words to this or not, we're afraid of what if God doesn't show up. But almost all of these do not fear commands are followed by what God is faithful to do every single time. Last comment I want to make on kind of point on fear is fearlessness is actually not what we're going for. You guys heard that phrase? You know, look at that fearless leader over there. Some of you have said that to me, and I, I will just say thank you, usually in the moment. But here's your corporate rebuke. <laughs> I like to say, don't follow a fearless leader. Why? Because they're fake. (laughs) Every person, especially leaders, wrestle with fear. We're not going for fearlessness. What we're going for is every time we are tempted with fear and confronted with fear, we overcome by the grace and by the power of God. That's what we're going for. Not a temptation-free life. Jesus never promised that we would not be tempted by sin or by evil or by fear. But what he promised is there is a way out. There is a way of victory. So we're not aiming for fearlessness. We're aiming for a conquering fear when it comes. And guys, I wish I could explain to you how much fear I have had to battle in my life. And, and let me also say it a different way. Not just in my life back then when none of you knew me. Like the last two and a half years of moving to Arkansas and starting this church, so much fear. What if it doesn't work? We sold everything and moved to a place that we have net. We've only been to a couple times. We don't know anybody. And then you know to get a church going, you got to have people. You don't. We don't know anybody. <laughs> okay, it's like. So many fears. What if this? What if this person rejects you? What if this doesn't work? What if there's not enough finances? What if there's not a place to meet? What if nobody wants to join? What if and all these what ifs are fears just coming? But here's something I've learned from Psalm 56. It's just a simple phrase from David. He says, Psalm 56.3, when I am afraid, I will trust in you, Lord. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. You know what fear is? When the enemy attacks with fear, you know what it is? It's actually an amazing invitation to trust God. It's an amazing invitation to grow in our absolute trust and reliance on God. And if you're struggling with fear, which I think many of us might be, you don't need to condemn yourself. You don't need to get down more. I can't believe I'm struggling with fear. Mitchell's talking about fear. No, 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 no. What I want you to turn this into is the Lord really speaking to you and saying, hey, What I'm actually doing in your life right now is I'm teaching you to trust me. I am teaching you to trust me more than you did before. And you know what? (laughs) The more that I overcome fear and face it, and it doesn't doesn't always just like that. It's like wrestles sometimes. The more I trust in the Lord and realize I'm growing, I'm just thinking of, man, victory 
over fear, it just tastes really good. <laughs> it feels really great. And I want to invite you into like tasting and seeing that the Lord is good and he's worthy of our trust. And in a sense, it's another way to say, taste and see the Lord is good. Overcoming fear is your destiny as a child of God. Amen? Amen. Victory tastes real good. Look at your neighbor and say, victory tastes good. <laughs> victory tastes good, Beth. Come on. It's good. Here's a couple common signs and symptoms I'm going to put on the screen here of fear. And I want you to look at some of these. I've already mentioned constant what-ifs, anxiety, restlessness. Saying no to good opportunities, that's a unique one, but sometimes we do that out of fear, like no way God could bless me, no way he could be open this door, or no way I don't want to walk in that thing, but, but no, 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 sometimes he really opens doors and we're supposed to walk through them. <laughs> Being overly shy, let me make a comment on that. I'm not commenting on your personality. There's nothing wrong with being a quiet personality, but being overly shy and afraid of people is, I think, sometimes a, a symptom or a sign of fear. Not being open or vulnerable, constantly stressed. Uh, this little phrase, if I don't, then he won't. Don't you love that verse in the Bible? If I don't, then God won't. Isn't that a great, inspiring passage? Well, it's actually not in the Bible. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hiding, that's just funny. I mean, you struggle with hiding. I'm not talking about hide and seek, but you just, you know, you just hide often. Anyways, that's probably fear. Uh, unwilling to take risks, butterflies, or just all these things that you have just seen. Some of these things hopefully are making sense to you, but these could be signs that you are negatively being impacted by fear. Now, I don't want you to look at this and freak out, be like, oh my gosh, I have a spirit of fear. But if you're looking at this and you're realizing like, man, I struggle with a lot of this stuff, then what is, this is an amazing day for you. This is an amazing day. Because what we're going to do at the end of the service is we're going to pray in faith in the name of Jesus for breakthrough from the spirit of fear. And so if, if, if you're like reading this, you're like, that's me, man. Then great. Like sovereignly, God brought you here because he loves you so much and he wants to set you free. That's amazing. You are like the most blessed. If all this is you, you're like the most blessed here. If none of this is you, I'm sorry. Next week, just come back next week and maybe it'll be your turn. <laughs> But the Lord loves you and cares about you, and he, he cares about our freedom. Now, I've kind of thought about, okay, how can I give you guys some phrasing on how do we respond to fear when it comes? And I wrote a couple of things down that hopefully will stick. And there's a slide. You can take a picture of it if you want to. But here is, in a sense, a summary of how we are going to respond as the people of God when fear comes about. Three things. One, we are not ignoring fear. We are confronting fear. And really, by just doing this series, we are already checking off that first one. We're not going to ignore this. We're going to confront this head on because the Lord can take care of this. Secondly, we're not going to agree with fear. Instead, we're going to rebuke it. We are rebuking the spirit of fear. We're not just welcoming fear into our life. This is just normal. I'm going to entertain this. No, we're going to come against this in the power and the authority of the name of Jesus, and we're going to rebuke the spirit of fear. And then lastly, we're not settling we are overcoming. Everybody say overcoming. overcoming. So settling would look like creating false identities about yourself that are not in line with what Scripture tells, uh, tells us about who we are. Things like I'm just an anxious person. I'm just a fearful person. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not a one that takes risks. Like we want to we change what's coming out of our mouth about ourselves because that's, those things are not what God says about you. You are a peaceful person. You are victorious. You are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. And we're going to overcome. 
The last one there is mainly the next couple of weeks. We're going to give you some tools about how do we overcome this in a day on our daily life. But really, I want to focus on that second point point today is that we're not agreeing with the spirit of fear, but instead we are rebuking the spirit of fear. And here is my simple point that I want you to remember today. We're just getting started on this, so this is not the full teaching, but just this is a helpful start. According to 2 Timothy 1.7, fear is called a spirit of fear. So here's the phrase I want you to remember. It's a spirit. Everybody say, it's a spirit. <laughs> now, fear, in a sense, you would maybe call it an emotion or a feeling or a thought or you know, whatever, but... I have seen and throughout scripture and also throughout experience that those things tend to be motivated or amplified by some sort of, in a sense, demonic pressure or lie from Satan. And I have a question for us, church. Some of you have read the Bible, some of you not. That's okay. But how did Jesus handle spirits that are not from God? Did he cuddle them? <laughs> Did he like to just hang out with them? Did he, did he send them to therapy? Did he take a second and create this amazing teaching and begin to talk to this person and teach this person how to overcome fear? What did he do when it came to spirits that are not from God? He cast them out. <laughs> he rebuked them. Right? You tracking with me here? So it wasn't just therapy. It wasn't wise and persuasive words. It wasn't trying to talk people out of it. It wasn't deep breath exercises. It wasn't counseling. It wasn't teaching people how to overcome. He rebuked spirits that were not from God, and he cast them out. A few examples in Scripture, if you want to take a picture of this and look at them later, uh, just throughout the Gospels, just a few. There's a lot more, but there's a couple uh, verses you can look at for reference on how Jesus handled spirits. Now, let me address a common, I guess, question that comes up, and it's legitimate, but I want to kind of, in a sense, redirect you, because what I'm, what I'm not, here's the common question, like, wait, 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 as a child of God, as a believer, I can't be, like, possessed by a demon, can I? And in a sense, I would agree with that, that statement, but that's not even actually what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is not the doctrine of that, and what I'm talking about is if you are experiencing any fear, then I want you, and I believe the Lord wants you to overcome and get breakthrough. And so we're not going to go into that conversation. In fact, it becomes the wrong conversation if that becomes your focus. The reality is God wants to stir up a hunger in us and a desperation that if I'm struggling with fear, I'm getting breakthrough no matter what. I don't care. Just pray for me. <laughs> I don't care. Just I need help. That's the type of hunger that the Lord loves to respond to. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst rises. They will be filled. They will be touched by God. If we are desperate for just freedom and breakthrough, he responds every single time. But sometimes we get nervous. I'm like, well, what if, what if this? Like, oh, no what ifs. That's fear. Fear will try to stop you from getting down here and getting prayer at the end of the service to overcome fear. Don't let it. Don't let it. And in summary of Jesus' life and ministry on the earth, I want you to notice something that Peter says in Acts chapter 10. Literally, he's preaching to these Gentiles. They haven't heard the gospel yet. They have heard about Jesus, but, they, but Peter gives them a simple summary of the life and the ministry of Jesus. And I want you to notice what it says in Acts 10, verse 37 to 38. He says, You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And look at this. He went about doing good, period. 
End of story, right? Or no, is there more? Oh, there's more. Is there more in your Bible? And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now listen, I want to comment on something that's, I, I just, I understand. I am an American. Most of you guys are American. Here's where we stop this passage on the summary in the life of Jesus. It's where I pretended to stop it. He went about doing good. I love Jesus. Isn't he so great that he does good? He has great teachings. He's just a great moral example of life. You know, and, and um, you know, we're so, you know, we're so sophisticated here in the West that, you know, it's, it's, it's just, we just need to do better. We just need more people doing good, and, and Jesus is a great teacher, so we're going to do good, right? That's the end of the story. Well, here's the deal. I believe the Bible. <laughs> I'm an American, but I believe the Bible, and I want to invite you into believing the Bible. Here's the deal. In the Western culture, we minimize uh, the spiritual realm, and especially uh, demonic realm, because we're, in a sense, afraid from being, of being over-spiritual. Now, here's the deal. There are certain camps or people that are trying to find a demon un- under every rock, and I'd say that's silly, because <laughs> Jesus didn't go around trying to look, is there a demon there? 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 Okay, that's, I'm so thankful for the testimony of Scripture that that's not what Jesus did. But you can't read the Bible and not see that the demonic realm is real. The er- evil spirits oppress people, and they lie to people. But listen, listen, church, listen, guys, listen, listen. It doesn't mean that you're, like, out of control. It doesn't mean you're possessed. The devil is probably lying to a lot of you guys, and it's producing a fear and an anxiety that is not from God, and there's an invitation for freedom today. Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed for the devil because the power of God was with him. Woo! I love serving a powerful Jesus. He is an amazing teacher. He has great morality, amazing stuff. But he also has the power of the living God, and there's no demon in hell that can stand against him. And when we come against him in faith in the name of Jesus, then we can have confidence that there's freedom in him. Amen. This morning, we're going to pray for you uh, for breakthrough and for freedom. If you're struggling uh, with fear or just really, I, would, I don't even say struggling, like literally any ounce of fear that you're dealing with, like I would love for us to get prayed for today. But I also don't want you to leave here just thinking, okay, I need to get get somebody else to pray for me every time I'm struggling with fear. But I want you also to know that you have authority by the Spirit of God that dwells in you. If you are a born-again believer, you have authority over every fear that comes your way. And you can rebuke that spirit of fear every time it comes. And you can conquer. I know it's a wrestle sometimes. I know it's difficult. But I want you, there's a practical takeaway this week. If you face fear I just want you to believe the truth that you, you, because the spirit of God that dwells in you, have authority over that spirit of fear. And you can say no in Jesus' name. You can say, I rebuke that spirit of fear in Jesus' name. You don't even have to yell. (laughs) Sometimes I do, but you don't have to. (laughs) It's like, no, I say no. I do not have a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I reject that fear that's trying to hinder me from doing blank. Or that fear of my family just went on a drive and are they going to be okay? I rebuke that spirit of fear. I trust you, God. I trust you. Here's what Jesus said to his disciples, which is also true for us. The band, go ahead and come on up. He says, behold, I give you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall hurt you. I'm going to read it one more time. I 
give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. It's an amazing promise from Jesus. He's got all authority in heaven and earth, but he releases that and imparts that to his disciples, his followers, and believers in him because he cares about us walking in victory. I'm going to close it out just by sharing maybe a little bit more. I kind of went on a rant on this a few minutes ago, but just I want you to realize, like, you're not alone. We are not alone. This is so encouraging to me as I was preparing for this and thinking about, wow, the fears that I've wrestled with, and not just in the past, but currently. I was just, like, so encouraged because I know there was going to be a room full of 200 people that understand (laughs) my pain and my struggle. And so, again, I just want to share with you how many just moments of fear or struggles with fear that have come up even in the last couple years. I mean, the common ones about what on earth is happening in our world, what on earth is happening with our health, what on earth is going on with COVID, what on earth is going on with politics, what on earth is going on with this, that, and the other. But even just specifically, moving here to start this church, so many fears creeped in. When we first had the idea, we realized, like, oh, my goodness, this might be God. And we are going to make a big step of faith and we're going to have to see God come through. What if we invite a bunch of people to our first thing and nobody comes? What if we heard God wrong? What if this really negatively affects our family in some way? What if, you know what? The college ministry and college station, they were just, it was awesome. What if I should have just stayed there? What if it just doesn't work out and I burn out? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And there was really no turning back. I mentioned this earlier, but we we sold everything. And I gave up my job. (laughs) And I couldn't take it back. In fact, Kevin has it now. So way to go, Kevin. But here's the deal. I'm not, the the testimony I'm sharing right now is not about me overcoming fear. You know what it is about? It's about God's faithfulness. (laughs) God is faithful to his promise. He promised that he was going to be with us always. He has promised you that he is going to be with you always. He promised that if we abide in him, we would produce much fruit. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. And here's my conclusion over the last couple years, God is faithful to his promises. And not just that, but there are real people on the other side of you overcoming your fear. I just look around this room, about 100 or so folks that are part of our church now, like, I, I wouldn't know you. And, you. and so many testimonies of breakthrough in your lives, God healing you, restoring you bringing you into a place of more peace and freedom, some of you getting delivered from years of addiction to sin. Like, if I would have caved to fear, if we would have caved to fear, I wouldn't have met any of you. And there are just, there's other, there's a bigger story than just us overcoming our fear. There are people on the other side of us saying no to fear and yes to him that really affect our lives and affect other people's eternities. And I want us to to say, hey, I'm going to contend for this. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to get breakthrough from this spirit of fear. And I'm not going to let it ruin or rule or influence my life at all. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. The band is going to play quietly just for a minute. And um, 
those that are in the balcony, I'd love for you to participate as well. Um, but pretty much what I want to do for the next however long it takes, 10, 15 minutes, is we want to pray for those of us that want breakthrough from fear in our life. We want to pray for anybody that's like, I want this out of my life, and I want to stop caving to it. And the way that I want to do it is pretty much probably the most room that we have to pray for folks is going to be up here to the front. And so in, in a sense, if you're wanting breakthrough, if you're wanting to say, I want this kind of broken off my life, then in just a second, you're going to come up to the front, and you can stand, you can kneel, you can do whatever you want to do. And some of our staff and some of our life group leaders are literally just going to walk around real simply and just going to pray for breakthrough from the spirit of fear. And those of you that will be praying, just you don't need to shout. You don't need to do anything. We're, we're connecting with a living God who has power and authority over the stuff that negatively influences our life. And we're going to believe that God's going to do the work. And he's going to bring breakthrough to us. Amen? So let me, once you close your eyes, we're going to pray. And then in just a minute, we're going to open up the front. And you guys can just start coming if you want some prayer this morning. So Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you have power and you have authority and you have victory over fear in our life. And this morning, I pray it would be a morning of breakthrough, that we feel things lifting off of us that have oppressed us for weeks or months or years even. God, today we disagree with fear, and we rebuke it in Jesus' name. And instead, would you fill us with faith, with confidence, and trust in you? and your love. You said that perfect love casts out all fear. Lord, we are safe in you. When we trust you, we are safe. Thank you, Jesus. Minister to us this morning. In Jesus' name. All right, let's stand to our feet and literally just start coming. If you want to receive some prayer this morning, you can just come up towards the front. This is not a show. This is just us responding to what we want God to do in our lives. So if you want some breakthrough, just spread out all around the front somewhere. Again, if you want to receive prayer and you're already up there, you can turn to a friend if you want to, or you can come on down because we would love to pray for you. So go ahead. Be bold. Come on down here. We're going to start worshiping, and then uh, staff and life group leaders, just give it just a couple minutes because I want us really talking to God first. He's the one that heals us. He's the one that delivers us. He's the one that sets us free. Just talk to the Lord yourself first, and then some of our folks will walk around and start praying for you guys. All right? So go ahead. Keep coming if you want to. If you don't want to come, that's fine. Just worship right where you are and just talk to the Lord.